I invite you to be seated. And as you're seated, I invite you also to pray with me today. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks that we have heard your word in the story of the angel proclaiming the good news to Mary. We pray that we might continue to hear a word from you this morning, and that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, our God. Amen. Amen. Well, this summer, I had the opportunity um, that was a gift uh, to me and my family. It was the first time uh, in about six years since moving to Hawaii that we were able to go back to my home state of Minnesota and visit family and friends. We had moved to Hawaii Kai and we were there and we had Stella, our baby, and so, you know, we were there and didn't want to travel all the way to Minnesota with her and then we came over to Kailua and then the first year was getting to know you all and getting to know Kailua community and so we waited to travel and then the second, third, and fourth year were COVID (laughs) mixed in and so it was an opportunity for the first time for me to go back and reconnect to my family and to my friends, but most importantly, for me to connect to my 93-year-old grandpa, who I hadn't seen in a number of years and who doesn't have a number of years left, right? At 93, he may have some more years, but it was a really cherished moment because for me, it was uh, one of my worst nightmares over the past six years was that I would not be able to see my grandpa, especially throughout COVID and wanting to make sure that he would be able to be safe with a number of health issues. So Ashley and I had the gift of taking my grandpa to a restaurant, and we got to say, hey, Grandpa, well, we call him Ray. Ray, we'll take you anywhere, right? We want to we wanna go anywhere. And, you know, of course, he's like, I want a hamburger, right? 93-year-old hamburger. He's like, if that's going to kill me, you know, like, that, that, that's my least problem. So I'm going to do it. Goes to a, like, little, like, hole-in-the-wall, country, random spot in uh, Minneapolis area. And there's no one there. It's kind of like, it, it was a great op- atmosphere, but it was just a weird situation. And there I was. And so the thing about my grandpa, is that um, he was always throughout my growing up just the quietest one in the entire family. Probably because my family in general was really loud, but most importantly because my grandma was especially loud. And she told all the stories in our household. She was the one that would kind of direct our kids, and in a few weeks you'll get to see me and my kids, uh, my cousins singing Jingle Bells because that's a video I have, kind of like the old pictures. But all that to say, she ran the household and she ran the cabin when all my cousins would come up and visit visit with my grandparents. And, and so she died when I was in Japan teaching English. And that's like the last time I've really you know, been, I haven't been in the Minnesota for an extended period of time. So I haven't had lots of time to connect with my grandpa. But every time I do as of late, I mean, it has been six years, I'm just astounded by all of the stories he had that he had never shared before, right? All the stories that he that just all of a sudden were like sort of flowing out of my grandpa that I had never heard about his life and about his life with my grandma because he would just always sit at the end of the table and just kind of listen and take in and be patient. And, you know, he was just the kindest grandpa and I loved him, but that was one of the things that, uh, that happened there. Anyway, and one of the stories he told me that I will remember, not all of its details, but... Um, one of the stories, let's just stay with this mic, all right, guys? Um, 
one of the stories that we'll remember, I remembered, is that when he was describing uh, the Korean War and after his, like, kind of, he was in Notre Dame and had uh, been there for about a year, and everyone was starting to get drafted or about to get drafted for the Korean War, and he, uh, he told me the story of how he decided that rather than just getting enlisted and going in uh, as in the front lines, that he took some advice from someone that gave him and said, you should probably go and sign up, right? Like, so you don't end up being just kind of whatever they tell you you're going to be and that you can find a job, right? And so he goes and he tries to, like, finagle all the systems. And, you know, like, they ask him, well, can you work on vehicles? And he goes, sure, I can work on vehicles. And it doesn't take very long for him to realize that that was kind of a mistruth. He couldn't really work on vehicles. And then the sergeant was like, no, you can't do that. And then finally, they're like, and I don't know all the terms. You all know the terms way. Some of you know the terms way more than me. But, you know, some colonel needed someone to uh, be the assistant and type, right? Type out the memos and do the typewriter stuff. And so my grandpa, who I've never seen use a computer ever in my life, even now, right? Um, he says, oh, I can type. <laughs> And he throws his hand in there, and it doesn't take too long for all of a sudden the sergeant to call him into the office and said, I see here that, that you told the, the general that you could type, or whatever it was. You can't type at all, as he was, like, picking away. And he found just some way to, like, finagle that relationship and stay in the office as his assistant. And I had this, like, appreciation for my gram grandpa that, like, he was witty, and he was able to kind of work with the system. And it was just a story I had never heard before about his life. And I, and I loved hearing that among the many other stories that he told over the hour and a half opportunity to eat lunch with my grandpa. And one of the reasons why I cherished that uh, is that one, one thing I'd never expected about going to divinity school and finding my way into ministry, actually probably the least expected gift I've had in ministry, is that I have heard so many amazing stories from Kapunas. Whether it's in our Tuesday as at 10 Bible studies that we've had in the past or the similar Bible studies that I've had at different churches, when some of our old folks have gathered around, I've heard so many stories. And every time I thought of like my grandpa and grandma and I wondered, what are their stories? I mean, just to name a few of the stories that I know, you know, like the story of Natalie Oda that she would share over and over again. She was a longtime faithful member of Kailua United Methodist Church. And she was 99 years old and she died during the pandemic, but she was 97 leading vacation Bible school here at our church. And she, she would tell stories about her time in New England and Stephanie... judgmental parents at some times in their lives, or uh, sometimes they see other judgments throughout the world. And I remember Ruth chimed up in that Bible study, and she goes, you know, I've never understood what 
before one of the Kapuna in Hawaii. When she told about how she became a Christian, she had moved over from Japan, and they, the family had moved over from Japan, and they're trying to find their way in Hawaii and you know, kind of live into both this kind of American Hawaii culture. And her mom, having grew up Buddhist and you know in Japan, and so uh, handed her a Bible and said, "You must read this because so much of Western civilization civilization revolves around this." And as she read the Bible over and over and over, she began to you know fall in love with the words, and she was one of the faithful members of that church. Or one of the kapuna again in Waikai who told the story of walking to fish as the planes from Pearl Harbor flew overhead. The stories that I have heard from the generations that are before us is probably the greatest gift of being able to be a pastor. But one of the things I know that real life in our families and then also in our communities, we don't always get to hear those stories. We can be too busy or too preoccupied with the kids that are and the Instagram moments that are on our social media feeds. Just like Natalie Oda, who shared the story of a storm that almost cost her life, many of the stories also include the hardships that we face, the fears that have to be overcome in the journey. Today's story is the story of Mother Mary.
her response, the gospel says, was that of being perplexed, confused. Are you sure you got the right person here? And she had all right to think that. Anyone reading the story of the time would be wondering the exact same thing. Why would God choose her? Or why would God choose anyone at all? Why couldn't God just come and be and be here with us? And she certainly, certainly was clouded with fear. She was clouded with anxiety. She was clouded with doubt. In the moment that God said God would enter into the world, it begins with a moment of fear. We're quick to make our way through to the peace, the joy, the love, the celebration. We're quick to recognize that people's stories are all like happy-go-lucky and the celebrations of their lives. So much so that we pass through the valleys that actually become some of the most pivotal points in the story that they will tell from generation to generation. That she doesn't actually get solace until the angel also tells her, you're not alone. I am with you. And the angel, or that God is with you. And then Mary probably, you know, what's not said there is like, well, that's not good enough, right? <laughs> I don't see, I see you, but. And then the angel has to go on and say, well, you're not alone in this impossible thing that is happening to you. That your cousin, Elizabeth, also, who was barren, remember? Wasn't going to have a baby? Well, she's also in this with you. We're Protestants. That's a fancy word, and I'm saying we, we, because uh, United Methodists are. So if you consider yourself in the United Methodist camp, you would consider yourself a Protestant. Um, pretty much Protestant is a fancy word for not Catholic within the general universal church of uh, the church at, uh, overarching. And so one of the things that we have left in our tradition is uh, a sense of Mother Mary, Mother Mary, you know, because uh, back in the day, you know, when the reformers happened, I could go into a long history. We'll save that for a Bible study later on. But one of the things that many Protestants don't understand is the, the level of reverence that the Roman Catholic Church or uh, Catholic Church can have towards Mother Mary. And one of the theological words that's used to describe Mary, especially within the Roman Catholic Church, is theotokos, theotokos, which is a super fancy word for meeting God-bearer, God-bearer, Theotokos, mother of God. And the, the meaning and the sacredness of Mary carrying Jesus is lost at some level within the Protestant tradition. Because again, we move past the story. We go quickly to what's happened, to Jesus's life, to Jesus's birth, to all that is to come. And we don't just wait for a moment. In this story here, in this scene, when the angel proclaims, you will be Theotokos, God-bearer, and what that means for us. See, because Mary had stories, and she had stories of those beyond her, and yet somehow she wondered how 
how God would choose her story to come into and to make holy. That she wondered why she would be the one that was chosen by God to bear God, to be this immense gift to the world. But God did it anyway. God came and resided in Mary, which is a totally bizarre, abstract, universal concept that the God of the universe resided in the womb of this woman, confused to one, as to why she would be chosen in the first place. But one of the gifts, I think, of seeing Mary as mother of God, as Theotokos, is the reverence that when the angel says, God is with you, God was with her. God was in her. God was inseparable from her, that she would carry God forward into the world. And one of the reasons I think that we as Protestants miss the beauty of Theotokos is because Jesus also says to us later on that he will reside in us, that will give us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would be in us. So in a similar way that Mary, mother of God, is Theotokos, God-bearer, we are also invited to be God-bearers in the world. But like you, you might wonder why your story is unique why your story is of value enough, what you have to give meaning, that the, all of the past that you have made it through, you might wonder those very same things. And in so doing, you would find yourself akin to Mary in this story, who's proclaimed by the angel. The gift that I think that we have through this story is the reminder that Mary, mother of God, bearer of God, also means that we also carry God with us. And so as we hear the confusion and the fear and the doubt that Mary carried, we have that same too, confusion and fear and doubt that, yeah, I don't believe it. But God is with us nonetheless. And my invitation to us, this, you know, we're telling generation to generation, is to believe that and to believe that the stories of your life, God has been with you. And if you're in a place in your life when you don't know what's next and you're fear and you're, you are clouded by fear and you are clouded by doubt and you don't and you're just anxious about what tomorrow's going to bring, to trust in the same story of Mother Mary to be true in you. And I hope that we can be a community that can continue to share those stories to listen to them, to not avoid the hard parts of it. Because your story is of value because you and your story have bared God throughout the years. So how will you share that beauty with the world? Because as we listen to one another's story, of God with us throughout the years, I think we might begin to see a vision for how peace might come past the fear and past the chaos that we see in the world.
because we're so easy to either not listen or to disregard, and there's so much of God's unique fingerprint on each one of us. To not share those stories would be a loss. And it's not just your nuclear family, but look around. And I promise you, I've heard many of the stories of old and young in this room, and they are worth hearing. Which is why Christian fellowship is a good and faithful thing. Which is why community is an enriching part of our lives. Because we get to see God in one another. And as we do that, we might find ourselves one step closer to the peace in the world that we hope would happen here and now. I invite you to pray with me. And as we pray today, I also invite us to consider the prayers for all the world. Holy and gracious God, we look throughout the world and we see the pain, the suffering, the violence. We see the wars or the famines. We fear the recessions and the cause they might bring. And as we fear, we remember the words of the angel to Mother Mary. God will be with you. And as we remember that claim that we have, that Jesus will reside in Mother Mary, your whole self in the womb of a poor peasant woman, we remember Jesus' claim that each of us will carry your very presence by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray for the people of all the world. So too, we remember all of creation that bears your image and proclaims glory back to you. And we pray that we might be part of its restoration, of its care, and not of its destruction. And we pray for our nation, for its leaders, for our elected officials, and for also the peace that we hope might happen where tensions arise. And for our local community in Hawaii, we pray. to learn the stories of our kapuna, stories of our native Hawaiian brothers and sisters, stories of those that are transient here for a year to two, and that we might build a stronger sense of how we can carry on your love and presence by caring for one another. And for our local church, we pray, giving thanks for our bishop, Grant Hagia, 
who we celebrated his retirement here in the Hawaii district yesterday at Harris United Methodist Church. For our leadership within the United Methodist Church, but also the entire universal church and how much we have to learn from our brothers and sisters from the different denominations and branches of our faith. And for our loved ones that are near and dear on our hearts, we pray. We lift all of this up to you. Trust in your love and care. That's in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.